Hey, what's up, Fast Pitch fan? Thanks for joining me for a special episode of the Eating Curveballs for Breakfast podcast. Um, today, I'm actually going to do a recap or a um, wrap up of the special training that I've been doing over in the Facebook group called it's the Facebook group is called Fast Pitch Inspired, but we've been doing an empowered athlete series empowering athlete series and we've been talking about the mindset that you need as a coach or parent to be someone who empowers athletes and so i've been um going over seven keys to being able to have that mindset that it takes in order to be someone who empowers athletes so we shared two keys on the first day over the facebook group and it's all written right so if you don't like audio video um it's easier for you to kind of like read something that's over in the facebook group but i also wanted to do something easy to listen to for those who don't care to read all of that in in pieces right so this is going to be a quick recap of those seven and then i have an invitation for you actually at the end because um, there's a process, this five-part process called it's called Stack Your Wins. I like calling it Stack Your Wins, but um, it helps you, well, it helps athletes build confidence through action, and it's a process that you can walk through with your athletes. And not only does it help them with that, it also helps them with consistency. It also helps them kind of actually develop some of the keys that we're talking about today. And you might be thinking, well, why are these keys for us if they're also like we want to help them with it too? Well. I love that saying, um, you can teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are, right? So that's why these keys are really important for you and the mindset that you need to be a leader that can empower athletes. But um, in that same, by that same token, right, if this is something that you need to be able to empower others, guess what? These keys are also essential for empowering oneself, right? So for you to embody them for you to embrace them um, it's powerful because of the whole you reproduce what you are thing like the kids yes they can listen to what you say but they really learn from how you show up from what you do from the actions you take the choices you make the words that you say and how you live right and how you react and respond to different situations so that's why these keys are important for you some of them are a little bit difficult for athletes so we're, we'll talk a little bit about why today and again that five that five part process can actually help combat that difficulty and help them further develop some of these skills which are not always um readily present <laughs> for kids and maybe not even for ourselves but we have a better chance at it because we've got more life experience we've been through more things we've had more time to practice some of these things and and actually utilize them in real life situations so without further ado let's just jump right into those seven keys right to the mindset that you need to be a coach or a parent that empowers athletes so the first one was big picture vision because the ability for you to be able to see beyond this one moment this one day this one week this one month maybe even this one year or season right it's essential because if you're too overly caught up in a single moment be it good or bad um, it can cause you to put a disproportionate amount of emphasis or significance into that moment where there shouldn't be any. And sometimes that can create problems um, where there needn't be any, right? You're going to be like way too high with the highs, get too down with the lows. It's not going to allow you to stay steady or maintain your composure or be consistent in your approach to every single day. And that consistency and approach is what I like to talk with people about because I believe that a consistency and approach can also lead to consistency in your performance and that's what 
a lot of coaches and parents and athletes want to see more of, right? Is that consistency in performance. But I believe that starts with approach. And I believe that approach starts with like being consistent in your mental approach as well, not just like how you show up to practice and stuff and your approach at practice or your approach to games, but just mentally how you show up every day. And having that big picture vision helps tremendously with this because when you're able to see that bigger picture, right, when you're able to take in the different moments in your journey, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, um, all within a bigger framework, you're not gonna get totally knocked out of track off track when something doesn't go the way that you want. You're not going to get way too high on the highs and then not be able to understand how to come back after that and, and still feel motivated. Um, and, and instead of feeling like you're dropping off a cliff of like some roller coaster, right? Like, like we up the roller coaster. And then now you're coming down and it's like, you know, it, it's just, it's a tough thing to sometimes deal with if you allow yourself to get too, invested over either the good or the bad and sometimes too when you get too high off of like a victory i mean obviously enjoy it celebrate it absolutely i'm all for celebrating the victories 100 percent. but also having that bigger picture vision allows you to keep it in perspective and that this one victory today doesn't negate any of the effort or the work that it's going to take tomorrow or the next day or the you know the following weeks years even months ahead right because if you look at a season as an example you can win all your games in the regular season and then get into the postseason and lose none of the games that you won before are going to save you in that postseason if you will right by the same token if even if you're not the greatest during regular season but your team peaks at the right time and you come into postseason and you're hot you can still finish stronger than some of the teams that beat you during the regular season. So those victories, absolutely celebrate them. Those losses, absolutely learn from them. And and they're going to affect you. I'm not going to say that they don't affect you at all. You're going to feel, you know, the, the excitement and the enthusiasm and the appreciation for those wins. You're going to feel sometimes disappointed, upset, frustrated, you know, during those losses or, or during times when things don't go your way or times when things don't go your way and it's not even your fault, like an injury, something like that was what I mean by not your fault. Like something, sometimes it's out of your control, something that happens and doesn't go the way that you want. And those, that's really tough. Um, And that can be very difficult to bounce back from. That can be difficult to continue to stay positive through. That can be difficult to maintain hope through. But I believe that this big picture vision is part of what allows you to maintain hope during times when things aren't going the way that you want to maintain the focus and the intensity, even when you are on top and it's like, well, everything's going my way. And sometimes you feel kind of, you get a little, um, what is that called? Um, You get a little bit complacent or you're not quite like pushing as hard because you're just like kind of sailing on that. So I think the big picture vision allows you to kind of keep those both the highs and the lows in perspective, um, not take you, swing you too far one way or the other, allows you to maintain that composure, that consistency and the steadiness throughout the journey, which is required over time, right? To really build up and, and like I like to say, like stack your wins into something that's monumental and significant as far as results go over time um, down the road. And so 
that kind of leads into the second key, which is being process appreciative, not just process focused, right? Everyone says, say, oh, focus on the process and, and um, you know, don't, don't focus so much on the outcomes, but focus on the process. But I'm talking about being process appreciative, not just that you focus on it or value it, but that you actually appreciate and embrace that journey, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, the messy, the ups, the downs, the parts you love, the parts you did not want to ever have to go through. Um, that can be difficult, obviously, when things aren't going your way. That can be very, very difficult in various kinds of circumstances, um, some of which can feel incredibly unfair. And um, I'm not saying that those things aren't going to affect you again. I'm not going to say that you have to be, you know, excited and you know, shouting off the rooftops for the difficulties the same way that you do for the victories. It's not at all what I'm trying to get at. But um, I believe that when you can appreciate the entire process um, in your own way, and like, I think that how you appreciate sometimes the tough things are slightly different than how you appreciate the victories or the blessings along the way. I'm not saying that, again, that it has to look the same, but I definitely do appreciate even the difficulties or the challenges in the journey, like even for a couple of my kids, they certainly had disadvantages along the way, be it size, experience, um, coaching decisions, whatever the case may be, right? But um, every single time I'm like, this is actually, to me, maybe a disadvantage in the moment, but an advantage for them long-term for my oldest daughter in softball, like with her size, because she was always the smallest. Obviously it gives her a disadvantage as far as being able to throw the ball as hard as everybody else, being able to hit the ball as far as everyone else, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and, and she really had to work, right? Just to be able to keep up with her peers who were physically just bigger, taller, stronger than she was. And, while it may have been a disadvantage in the early years, I knew that it was going to be the foundation upon which so many wonderful habits were formed, that the, the mindset and the attitude that she needed every single day in practice, just to be able to keep up with everyone else, like had to be intent on form and, and technique, had to be intent and in giving her all, all the time, just so that her ball would kind of sort of reach, you know, where it needed to reach to be, um, to hang in there at whatever level she was at. And so that's kind of what I mean about being process appreciative, right? And really appreciating even the challenges um, because I knew that that was going to serve her long-term down the road. And that's, I guess, kind of a combination of the two, right? The bigger picture plus appreciating those in the moment or short-term disadvantages, realizing that they're going to be turned into and can be the catapult for some long-term and somewhat significant, oftentimes, advantages. So I think that's really important and, and understand that, like, hold on a second, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, um, understanding that you know, that every experience has value. And this kind of ties into both key number two and number three. But part of being process appreciative is understanding that every experience has value, right? Embracing the idea that our athletes are all 
always learning, even if it doesn't look like it, maybe they're not learning the things that we're trying to teach them at one certain moment, right? But they're always learning. Every experience has value. Every experience has um, something that we can take away from it. Uh, when, when we embrace that and we realize that that's happening, you also start as a leader to consider what are they learning from you in every moment? right? If they're always learning and every experience has some kind of value, what are they learning from you, from your words, from your actions, from your approach, from your demeanor, from your reactions and your responses to situations? Um, what are they learning by what you demonstrate on a daily basis? And all of those things to me are tied back to mindset, right? Your The words you choose, the actions you take, the approach that you have, the demeanor you carry, your composure, how you respond and react to situations um, to to them and to others, all of those to me tie back into your mindset, which is why these keys are so important. And again, um, they're constantly learning about mindset through what you display to them on a daily basis. Because like we said before, you teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. And, and that's why these things are so critical and that's why these things are so powerful and so magical all right so the thing about those first two keys is as i mentioned earlier i I believe i mentioned it earlier is that sometimes these two can be difficult for athletes to have and embody and embrace because they don't have a lot of life experience for the ability to have that big picture vision right we have lots more life experience with them we've been through a lot more things we've seen things unfold we can we, we've been through some challenges and seeing how they can kind of work out so those um those that kind of perspective and you know being process appreciative those things are are i think number one easier for us the big picture vision as adults a little bit more challenging for them the second part being process appreciative and understanding that every experience has value and that they are learning all the time I think that can be a challenge for some kids because in so much of their life, we're talking schools, sports, at home with chores and so on and so forth. That's kind of not what we're teaching them. They're sort of being trained that you got to do things right. And if you're not doing it right, then that's quote unquote bad, right? Um, If you don't get all the answers right on the test, you're not going to get an A, you know, you're going to get something else. And that grade, like if you get an F, you get a D, maybe even a C, it's like, that's not, that's not the greatest. Like C's don't get you scholarships, academic scholarships, right? Academic merit scholarships for college. So there's all these different ways. And even, even with softball or sports, you make too many errors, there's consequences to that, right? You strike out, you, you swing and miss too many times, there's a consequence for that. Um, you make errors on the field, there are consequences for that. And so while we we as adults can kind of accept that in the grand scheme of things again with that big picture vision these kids kind of take it a little bit more personally with where they are in life and and they're stacking all of that up and they're going okay i've got to do things right because if i don't do things right it's bad right it's not good (laughs) that's kind of the way that just the way that their life is built that sort of trains them in that direction of where like who's appreciating the the things that they do wrong there's not a lot of appreciation for the mistakes that they're making or for the questions that they get wrong or for the errors that they're making on the field you know what i mean just just as the natural way of how things tend to go in these situations and i'm not saying that this is how you react every time to all of these situations but 
generally speaking in society in our in our current society um the general response to those things is is not uh appreciative <laughs> appreciative one so if they're being trained that you know getting everything right is good and making those mistakes is man it, it's it's not the greatest i'm not saying that we don't teach them that there are consequences that's absolutely not what i'm saying i'm just trying to illustrate how with the way that works as a kid you you can get into the mindset of like okay i gotta get this right because man there's some consequences to getting things wrong and it can be difficult to become someone who appreciates all of it when almost their entire life is set up for rewarding heavily when they do do everything right and kind of coming down on them pretty hard in one way shape or another even if it's not you personally doing that when things are going wrong so how do we combat that right how do we get them to kind of be more appreciative of the process how do we get them to keep it in perspective how do we get them to have a bigger picture vision than just these one moments or just the rewards or consequences that might come along with how things work in their current life situation again that's where that stack your wins process comes in super handy and those individual those pieces of that process that I'm going to share with you guys next week and the training that I'm going to do next week um, help them kind of develop that ability that we're talking about to keep things in perspective, to bounce back from the mistakes, to learn from the mistakes, to be able to reflect and identify them. Yes, absolutely. But also to use them as learning opportunities and utilize those, those situations as ways as times where they can improve and actually get better. Um, so that's why I love that process so much. Anyway, get, let's get back to these keys. Okay, so number three, being growth focused, right? We all like to see those outcomes, but when you are growth focused, you're able to see again and appreciate each each moment as just a step in the journey. When things don't go the way that you want, or there's a lesson or two, you know, to be learned from that experience, like you basically know that difficulty and failure can make you stronger if you let it. And this, again, kind of ties back in with the first couple of keys. But when you value growth enough, you're not thrown off balance or you're not, it doesn't phase you when you've got to take a step back in order to take two steps forward. Sometimes that happens, part of the process. You don't get bent out of shape when the path doesn't go in that straight line from A to B, B being quote unquote success or winning or achievement, achieving whatever it is that you want or achieving goals that, you know, together with your kids that they have set when the process kind of looks more like a loop to loop and it looks kind of messy, right? When you're growth focused, you understand that those, what look like sometimes setbacks are just part of the process and that problems are opportunities for growth. And like I was talking about before, you might even feel more hopeful not less hopeful when you see athletes go through adversity or mistakes or when you see them at a disadvantage of some sort in the short term, right? Because you understand growth and you value growth and you're more focused on their growth and development in the short term because you understand that's what's going to give them the results in the long term. You don't get so discouraged when things don't go correctly or not, I shouldn't say correctly, when things don't go the way that we wanted or hoped or planned, all right? Um, you, because you value growth and you're growth focused, it also allows you to recognize 
and celebrate even the small victories too, right? The baby steps count, guys. The baby steps count. And when you're growth focused, you can recognize those. And even when a game or a situation or a season doesn't go exactly as planned, you are able to see what did go well, what was working, so that you can take those pieces and continue to build upon it. And you can help your athletes do the same, which again is something we do in that that process that I'm talking about, the five-part process, stack your wins, right? You're able to see in the mess, in the chaos, in the in the ups and the downs and all arounds and great situations and not so great situations, you're able to see the pieces that you can pull from those situations and continue to build with, which is really phenomenal. Um, yes, you can identify areas that need improvement as well, but you can also see progress and a way forward amidst the imperfection that will absolutely certainly <laughs> exist during this competitive athlete process and journey and in life in general. And this can help fuel you when others might get stuck in frustration, doubt, discouragement, because the outcomes aren't what they want to see. Um, because you know that there's a yet at the end of that sentence, right? It's like, it's not what we want to see yet. Um, and that's quite an amazing thing to demonstrate to your athletes, to be able to be an example of, to really embody for them. Because if, again, if you reproduce what you are and you're embodying that and they're drawing that from you at some level, whether they're fully aware of it or not, uh, that's that's such a gift to be able to pass on to your athletes. Number four, having a holistic lens. And this basically just means to me um, being able to see the whole person, right? Not just the athlete or not just the student, but understanding that these young men and women are human beings first and foremost. Maybe not everyone agrees, but I feel like they're human beings first, athlete, student, whatever else after that. They're more than just a ball player. They're more than just a student, right? You understand that they have thoughts, feelings, lies, and maybe even hopes and dreams outside of being a student athlete or outside of um, whatever it is that they're doing in any given moment or focused on in any given moment as far as their endeavors are concerned. You also understand that the light, their life outside of sports can, some pack, can sometimes impact their performance in between the lines. This is huge. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to me how often it doesn't seem like parents and coaches understand this or see this. They're so focused on how come this kid isn't doing what I'm telling them to do. Like I'm coaching them and I'm telling them exactly what they need to be doing and they're not doing it. Chances are there's something going on off the field. Um, and I've encountered this many, many times, right? And it's a lot of times it's pretty significant. And it's when you know, like when they open up to you and they, they let you know, like, hey, this is, this is what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with right now. Like it's, it's just sometimes I'm just floored. And I'm like, my goodness, how are you even doing what it is you're doing while dealing with all of that, right? Like my whole perspective changes. And sometimes I've been guilty of being so like no excuses, right? Like let's get it done that I forgot to take into consideration the fact that these are human beings we're dealing with. And sometimes they have absolutely valid stuff, <laughs> stuff going on in their life, like real stuff. Um, situations, challenges going on in, the, in their in their off the field lives that it, I, I don't know how it wouldn't affect anyone, right? Like 
I, I know that there are people that deal with difficulty that can come out and perform lights out. Like they, it's just amazing to me. Um, and I have a number of friends like this too. It's like, I can't like, if I didn't like, I, I can't believe how much you're still capable of and how much you're still doing and how, how well you're still performing despite all these things you're going through. But at the same time, like if someone is having a difficulty in, in a certain moment, um, because of like real life stuff, like that doesn't make them any, you know, less, um, of a competitor or any less of a capable human being. It's just that they're struggling in this moment. And sometimes we need a, you know, a little bit of compassion can go a long way and a little bit of understanding and understanding this too also opens the door to us being able to potentially, um, support them in navigating that a little bit better so that they do perform a little bit more so that they can stay on track with what they really want a little bit better. So being able to remember that part, right, and have that holistic lens that you're looking through that, like, these are human beings that we're dealing with. Um, and they've got real issues sometimes that that are bigger than sports <laughs> and maybe even bigger than, you know, an A or B or an A or C. Um and and that if we're open to that, and that if we and that if we're willing to deal with them as humans, sometimes we can actually support them better, and and navigating the difficulties and actually inspire, you know, or just allow them to perform better because of that. And I know that sometimes that's scary to deal with. So I, I'm curious, you know, from you, is that something that you're comfortable with coaching outside the lines, or is that something that is uncomfortable does that make you uneasy to deal with that part and even as a parent like it's hard to deal with some of that stuff i i some i as much as i talk about that embracing <laughs> embracing that whole journey appreciating the whole journey which i do that doesn't mean that the the moments aren't difficult that doesn't mean that sometimes i'm just like oh goodness gracious why why do we have to go through this can we just have it easier than that oh i have those moments absolutely you know but um, that holistic lens, being able to to deal with them as people, not just athletes, to see to see more than than what they can produce numbers wise or stat wise as a student or as an athlete is is huge. Um, so from those two keys inside the Facebook group, I actually asked some questions that you know leaders, coaches, parents might want to consider dealing with being uh, key number three, being growth focused, and key number four, being holistic, having that holistic lens some things to think about are in there. All right. Uh, moving on to the next couple of pieces here. Number five and six are some of my favorites because they can really supercharge your leadership. I feel like this is where a lot of magic happens. Um, when you are able to develop your ability to harness these two, it's an absolute game changer. And it's and these two are more than just like actions that you take um, or things that you do but it's about having the mindset that values and embraces the significance of these two keys that, that are coming up. Okay, so the first one, well, <laughs> we're on number five, um, but the first of these two. So number five is, is the power of connection. Number six is the power of listening. We're going to take those one by one. So the magic of connection is that the stronger your connection, generally speaking, the stronger your level of influence with someone. And so when this connection is stronger, this is, you know, your athletes, not only do you have um, 
that better connection, obviously, but in a better relationship. But the stronger your connection, the more your athletes want to work with you, want to listen to what you have to say. And it's easier for you to get that buy-in, right? So that you can teach, lead, and help them to be their very best. Developing a genuine connection, though, um, isn't always what you think, right? And well, before I jump into that, developing this genuine connection is part of what makes experiences more meaningful to you and to them. And when an experience is meaningful and important, the lessons learned from those kinds of experiences tend to stick a lot better and a lot longer, which means that you can inspire and facilitate lasting positive change and improvement in your athletes when you have that stronger connection because it's a more meaningful experience that way. And within more meaningful experiences, the lessons tend to stick and stay with you a lot longer and a lot better, right? So again, that allows you to impact that whole person like we talked about earlier. But again, connection is not always what we we think. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, we're like, well, I talk to them all the time. Well, connection just isn't just, you know, just isn't just about how much you talk to them, how often you talk to them. It's not just about how much you care about them because it's like, man, I really care about these guys. Like that doesn't necessarily mean you're really connecting with them though. Connection isn't just about telling them you can come to me and talk to me about, you know, anything or that I I really want to hear what you have to say. It's about, those are things it's not. What connection is more about when I'm talking about it in this sense is the most important factor anyway, is how connected they feel to you, all right? So it's not about how much you care. It's not about how much you talk to them or how often. It's not just about telling them, hey, you can come and talk to me about anything. It's not even about how much time you spend together, right? Time spent together doesn't mean that you're necessarily connecting. But when I'm talking about connection, between you and your athlete, the most important factor is how connected your athlete feels to you. So how do you strengthen that? Well, number six is what helps build the strong foundation for that, right? This is, if there's one thing that you're going to do better, (laughs) it's going to be harnessing the power of listening, not just hearing, but listening. And listening that includes the, the ability to hold space for them, Uh, listening that includes being able to listen and hear what they have to say without judgment or without that need to jump in and fix it or correct it. And I'll be the first to admit that this can take some practice because if you're anything like me, I love to jump in and fix and correct things. Like, let's get this right ASAP. Like, let's let's fix it, right? (laughs) Like, oh man, it's tough to hear someone talk about something and realize that what they need more from us than for us to help jump in and start fixing things is for us to listen and give them that space to to talk through it and to get their thoughts out of their head and out into space, if you will, or or in this safe space with you. Um, it's also listening. It's all. It can be. It can be very hard, like I said, to sit, listen, and hold space versus racing toward. A solution or a corrective action but when you're able to provide that to your athletes when they're able to openly articulate and communicate what's going on with them what's what concerns they have what's going on in their mind what their hopes and their goals are what their dreams are 
Um, and then also sometimes instead of jumping in, right, allowing them to kind of take the next steps on their own. Like it's super powerful. And sometimes you think like, well, they're not doing that or man, but I can see exactly what they need to do and I could just give them the answer. Um, so often we want to do that, but sometimes that's not what they need. And sometimes it's not even what they want. Sometimes they just want us to, to listen. And if and we can do that without constantly having to jump in and dictate and direct a control, you know, like, okay, well, what do we do next? Cause we're the leader and we're strategic and we want to, you know, help them take the best path forward. And that's all very good. And that's all part of why you are a leader. <laughs> um, but it is so empowering, so empowering when they have when we give them that ownership of their experience and we give them that space and we can ask hey do you want my input would you like my thoughts on that do you just need me to listen or would you like some advice right those are valid questions and those help give them ownership of the process too versus us like taking it over and like dictating everything right we're not dictators we're leaders and um this is super powerful. So if you're not sure how to do that, one one suggestion that I have, well, actually two, they're really difficult. At least they were for me at first, right? Number one was to stop asking questions you already know the answer to. I have like, I think I have a whole blog post on that. Um, but stop asking questions that you already know the answer to. Like, where would you throw, like, not where would you throw, hey, runners on first, where do we make the play? Like, you already know the answer. So don't ask it like that, right? A better question would be, there's a runner on first, the ball's hit to you. Where are you going to throw the ball? Like, I want to hear from you what your thought is on what to do in this situation. So it's less, do your best to make it less quizzy and less like I'm testing you. I want to, because I'm going to jump on your, jump down your back if you get it wrong. Like, give them space to give you an answer without being afraid that they're going to get it wrong because like you really want to hear what's going on with like what I want to know what's in their heads. I want to know what their thought is on this and why. And like, where was the disconnect? Cause if I'm just ready to jump on their throat, they're going to climb up and they're, they're not going to, you know, share. <laughs> and sometimes I, as a coach want to know, like I've, we've been going over this. So like, why is there still a disconnect? What am I, what can I do better as a coach to communicate this in a better way so that they actually get it right? So again, Stop. Okay, so stop asking questions. You know the answer to. I'm not going to dive into that. I could talk for that. I'll talk about that for another ten minutes. The other one is, um, to. What was it? Oh, don't give input until they ask for it. So stop just throwing stuff at them. Like when you, when they go to eat, you don't just like they're hungry. I'm just throw food at you and hope some of it gets in your mouth. Like sometimes that's how we are with our information, right? Like we're just fire hosing everything at them. They can't even take it all. <laughs> so stop again, jumping in and just pummeling them with advice when that's not what they asked for or what they needed or what they wanted. But again, you can, like I, I gave you a couple of questions earlier that can open the door to like, are they ready now to work towards a solution? Or do they need a little bit more time? Is this a moment that's, you know, good for that or, or not? And involving them in that process a little bit more, giving them a little more ownership over that. So those are two things you can do to, to listen better is um, stop asking questions you already know the answer to. Stop jumping in and giving advice if that's not what they asked for, right? Um, and I guess another one would be <laughs> when you're listening, 
obviously keep your mouth shut and and try to be present and you know do that active listening but a question that I need to get better at asking is like let them talk and then just simply say like well tell me more about that and then let them talk some more while you keep listening I'm not great at that yet but that's a that's a really good one to to work on if you're trying to get better at listening all right so connection and listening curious about what you would rate your level of connection right now with your team or your kid or your child. Um, if you take a look at your interactions, are you mostly talking while they listen or are there times when they have the floor, right? Out of, on a scale of one to 10, how well do, would you rate your ability to listen without judgment, to hold space, without wanting to just immediately jump in and fix and correct? Is that something that you could work on? And how difficult is it, right? Or are you able to sometimes sit in your own discomfort as your athletes are honestly sharing their thoughts and feelings about things that are on their mind, about things that are um, important to them at that time. Can you do that without being reactive? Can you do that without being defensive so that they can speak openly, so that they can actually communicate with you and connect with you about these things that are, are, you know, something that is on their mind and something that's important to them at this time? Can you refrain from instantly taking over the conversation <laughs> um, and, and say, tell me more and then keep listening. All right. So these, que these questions kind of lead us into the last key, which is self-awareness, right? So a lot of these questions ask you, ask you about yourself, but self-awareness is absolutely a superpower and the mindset that you need to be a coach or be a parent that empowers athletes absolutely involves a dose of self-awareness. And it requires that you continue to develop that self-awareness. Not only that you have it, but that you honor it, that you learn from it, and you allow yourself to get better at it. Um, this like self-awareness is what helps you maximize your strengths while also being wise about your weaknesses. It empowers you to identify your own fears and your own doubts, um, your own worries, your own concerns. It also helps you understand better like when to heed those and when to recognize that you're just projecting your own fears, your own doubts, your own worries, your own concerns onto someone else when it doesn't need to be, right? Onto your athletes unnecessarily. Um, Self-awareness also allows you to recognize when you're reacting instead of responding. And when you value self-awareness, it opens the door for not only like reflecting back on situations, but also being able to move forward with your own corrections and adjustments as they're needed. This key, right, self-awareness, allows you to demonstrate to your athletes what it looks like to own your experience, what it looks like to own your actions, your choices, your words, your decisions, your mistakes, your progress, as well as any consequences that you may encounter along the way. I mean, this is, this is significant stuff. Right, self-awareness is most definitely, again, most definitely a superpower and one that will serve you well in being a coach or parent that empowers athletes. And the fun part is, again, this process that we've been talking about, the Stack UNS process that you can do with your athletes, it allows both you and your athletes to, to continue developing this particular superpower along with confidence consistently, consistency with getting better every day, with further strengthening the different things that we've talked about today and doing it on a consistent basis so that it adds up and it stacks up over time, right? That's what it's all about. So next week, I'm gonna be hosting a five-day empowered leadership training. We're gonna dive into that five step, that, it's not five steps, I keep saying five steps, the five piece process, five components. Um, 
and it's again something that you can do with your athletes i have it on paper like i have it done in the worksheet it's actually available in the coaching cheat sheets now you could print it out you could walk through it but the reason why i'm doing this training and the reason why it is a paid training in a private group is because i want to go through each of these components with you i want to go through you in depth within this training like what this process is about how it works what do you, you know how does each prompt in that in that five part uh, process work like what do you write there if you're doing it yourself um, why why is it in there I want you to understand this process so well that when you walk your team through it or you walk your kid through it that they get the maximum benefit out of it it's not just like stuff they're filling out and going through the motions but you really help them sit with it and kind of like dig a little deeper put more meaningful um pull more meaningful stuff out of them when they're going through the process and when they're executing on the process. And the cool thing about it is when you understand it at a deep level, when it's something that you really like, you, you grasp and, and you embrace it and you kind of, you actually, you start to embody it. And um, I'll be honest with you, I've never done a worksheet like this with my kids, but it's because this process is so much a part of who I already am that it comes out in my every interaction with them, right? Like it comes through and how I live with them, how I interact with them, the conversations that we have, the responses that I have to things that happen and the situations that they encounter. Um, and that's what I'm, I'm hoping for you in this process is like, let's let's get into a group together. Let's go through the different components of this five-step process, the stack your wins process. I want you to have such a deep understanding of it that not only do your athletes get to do it on the, on the worksheet, which is cool, Right. And then they have that as a physical representation of like, I did this work and like, this is my thoughts are out of my brain onto paper. Like I have a plan and we do this every day. Um, like that's really cool. And that's super powerful in and of itself. But I think it's even more powerful, powerful for you as a leader that when you start to like really grasp these concepts and they're second nature to you and you understand why they're so powerful and why they're so important and you begin to fully embody and embrace those things, it comes through in your leadership and it, it it just becomes part of everything that you do and so then again you are reproducing what you are because every interaction every choice you make everything you do everything you demonstrate to your athletes is this is a part of it and so that's coming through to them and, and they're absorbing that and they're taking that in so many different ways when it's something that you embody so that's why i want to open up this group and, and jump into it with you over the next, it's next week's five days. Um, that's going to be like five days of kind of teaching it. And then I'm going to stay with you through the end of the month where you can ask questions, you can get feedback. You can, I'm going to ask you to go through the process yourself. You're going to actually put it into practice, you know, that way you can come back, you can ask questions, you can, you can kind of brainstorm with me if you need to. Um, but I can be there to support you as you implement and as you actually go through it and utilize the process, um, that way you can get the full benefit, maximum benefit out of it. So this group is a paid group, but it is a pay what you can opportunity. So there's no price tag on it. You just, whatever it is that you want, you get to choose literally how much you want to pay for it. And um, we're gonna, it's going to be on Facebook in a private group. So if you want to jump into that, you can do so at stacymahoy.com slash empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R. And it's, you get to choose your own price. And you'll be in there with me next week, um, going through each piece of that process and kind of digging in, diving into that. 
um, I want you to have a deep understanding of those things and and why they're powerful and, and how you can implement them and um, how to walk your athletes through that process and give you a couple of different options for doing so as well. All right. So that's about wraps it up, wraps up the wrap up for today. I've got to get going. My kids are waiting for me to take them over to their um, boys and girls club. <laughs> so I'm sending off for now. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, Facebook is facebook.com slash coach Stacy and Instagram is coach underscore Stacy. And I got messages open both places. You can also email Stacy at stacymahoy.com. All right. Talk to you soon. Take care. Aloha. Thank you for pressing play. Welcome to the Eating Curve Balls for Breakfast podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Mahoy, and your biggest fan when it comes to hitting those curveballs that life, sports, or parenting can throw you right out of the park. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show.